G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Across the other side of the world in Beijing, uh, the Winter Olympics are going on, and we are now joined by our fave, uh, very busy commentator. It's been quiet on the Kiwi front uh, for the last couple of days. Uh, but today we're back in action, Alice Robinson and the Super G, Peter Michael in the 10,000 metre speed skating event. Uh, but Lavita, you've been busy looking at other things and commentating some great spectacles. Mate, the biggest question is why did the Bay Plenty opt to bat first? They should have bowled first, let's be honest. Okay? I know. That's the pressing can I t- question. Can I, can I tell you, it's light drizzle falling in Havelock North, um, So yeah, and it's murky, it's murky. Uh, it's a bit Ooh. like Joe Root batting first at the Gabba. It's stupid. <laughs> it's stupid, Lavina. Hey, having, having said that, uh, we're more interested in what you're doing. Um, Amanda, you've been commentating the cross, the cross country you've been doing. How, how cool? I have been, mate. I have been. I've been at the um, Zhang Jai Ku uh, venue where the cross country biathlon and the ski jumping has been held. But it's quite a cool venue. It's about 180 kilometres northwest of Beijing. And if you look up and over to the side, you can see a little bit of a snowboard ramp as well. And I was fortunate enough just to catch a little bit of Zoe at the end of her competition. And you know what? All the commentators in New Zealand, um, from New Zealand, but all the commentators around the world, buddy, have all been talking about this kid. And what they talk about is how excited that at 20 years of age they get to see her now and they can just imagine what she's going to be like in eight years' time. So, yeah, she certainly set set the bar and laid down the chapter for, for New Zealand at the start of these games. High hopes for Alice Robinson. Um, she's another good kid from down south. Hey, she's. I went to a fundraiser of hers a, a couple of years ago because she was trying to raise some money to compete overseas and I met her and her family and I thought, we're so lucky in New Zealand to have these kids that we, we try and nurture and give them plenty of opportunities to get overseas and, and they're not in sports that, you know, have um, they're not playing cricket or rugby or, or demanding heaps of attention from Sport New Zealand for finances, but they're still trying to be at the pinnacle of what they're doing. So I think as as Kiwis, the best we can do is try and support these kids on their ventures. And, and they don't have to win Olympic medals, but the fact that they go to the, the Olympic Winter Games means that they're representing their sport and their family and their region and most of all, their country. So it would be great if we could pick up a couple um, more medals. And I know Zoe's going to be heading back into that big air as well, which the expectation is high. But I think it's the fact that mm. they're representing us on a, on a a stage and a world level that is just such a pinnacle for them and for us as sports fans to support them. You know, it's great that they get there and nothing's better than a medal buddy. But when you see when you see them all decked out in black or you see that silver fern or you hear an anthem, it means so much to us as sports fans, eh? Yeah, well, it does. I mean, watching them get medals, seeing them standing on the day, seeing them compete has been quite enlightening for me. And that includes um, your boy, Campbell Wright, who you were a great advocate uh, as he was a late mm. inclusion. Now, he was massively uh, pleased with his performance. Probably he rates as one of his best ever at just the right time, and he's got another chance in the 10K tomorrow. 
He does. I, I'm actually covering the women's today and I was talking to Steve Rebilliard, one of the commentators yesterday, about Campbell Wright. And he just honestly puts him on a pedestal and has so much praise for this kid. Not because he's a Kiwi, nothing to do with that, but the fact that he's just 19 years of age and he's he's competing in a sport that in Norway is more popular than what the NBA is in America. And, and the ratings throughout Europe have been phenomenal with biathlon and will continue to be so. And to think that he, you know, decided to take up shooting in his mid-teens to see what would happen and thought, I'm pretty good at cross-country. I may as well try and see what happens as biathlon as a part of my life. So another success story there for Campbell Wright. And also the fact that the New Zealand Olympic Committee gave him the opportunity to go. They have these cut-off points, hey, Smitty, because you can't send everyone. It's really expensive to send everyone and they have a cut-off point. Mm. So it comes down, you have to come somewhere certain in the world. And and the New Zealand Olympic Committee isn't saying you have to get a medal. We want you to get a medal. You'll own you'll only go if you get a medal but they're saying to be financially viable for us to be able to justify the funds to send you you have to be somewhat competitive and to say that to a 19 year old kid in biathlon I mean that's like telling a 12 year old kid that he'll be playing for the All Blacks tomorrow it's almost insane but he's he's risen above all the challenges and all the adversity that he's faced and he's you know amongst the world's best and is certainly doing us very very proud and has such a bright future in the sport and we've seen here at the these Olympic Winter Games, the people that are succeeding and doing so well. I mean, there's some young guns out there that are doing tremendously well. But with the cross country, yesterday, today's Johag, the 33-year-old from Norway, won her second gold medal. And she's in the peak and prime of her performance. And, you know, Campbell's only 19 years of age. He's got another three Olympic experiences before he hits his peak. And it's something for us all to get excited about in the world of biathlon, which, you know, we've never had that opportunity before in New Zealand. So he's a good kid. He's representing his country. He's he's doing so well. I know he was born in Rotorua, but spends a lot of time in Italy training and is very proud Hawara boy. And um, he has the weight of a nation sometimes resting on him when he competes. And it's just great to see these guys doing so well for us. Lavina, Peter Michael at the other end of the age spectrum uh, wasn't that thrilled with his performance in the 1500 metres, but uh, he's in the 10,000 metres tonight, which maybe could suit him just a little bit better, hopefully. Yeah, I had a chat with Glenn Lama. He'll be calling that race, another Kiwi commentator that's over here. And believe me, there's not many of us. <laughs> there's only a couple of the Kiwis out over here representing the international broadcasters to send the voices out. Um, and he was pleased. Uh, I mean, that's such a competitive field for, for him. And this will probably be his last opportunity to represent it at the um, Olympic Winter Games. So the expectation is for him to do better in the in the distance events, which he's, he's built, built for. Um, to put things into perspective, Smitty, the competitors from um, the Netherlands and Germany that compete in the five and 10,000 speed skating, whether it be, you know, the short track or the extended track, they put in probably 15,000 hours of training a year. So they're training literally 60 hours a week if they can, if not more, in preparation for this. They're, they're basically regarded as professional athletes and they do nothing else but this. And that's impossible for some of our Kiwi athletes. So to get through to the next stage would be fantastic for him, but to be representing the Silver Fern here is good. And it's great for us Kiwis to know exactly who he is and what he's up to and just to be able to be immersed in the Winter Olympics experience, which is great for everyone, I reckon. Well, there's uh, been a couple of downsides, uh, of course, and you're there uh, in a neutral capacity as well with an eye across the board of a lot of countries participating. But there's been uh, a positive drugs test, and this uh, for a Russian figure skating prodigy, 
uh, Camilla Valieva. Uh, and it's, you know, uh, the Russians again. I mean, they are the ROC because they can't be Russian. Now what? <laughs> it's so funny. I mean, oh, look, I don't, I don't want to get into trouble. Here's the thing. I do not want to get into trouble. But the kid's 15 years of age, right? I've got a, I've got a 15-year-old um, child who I would love more than anything to be able to do or, um, you know, go out and perform and do a quad, which is, you know, three years ago, four years ago, it was never, ever considered that a female figure skater would ever be able to land a quad, which is four twists in the air prior to coming down on the ice. It was just considered impossible, like someone ever coming under a, a nine-second mark in the 100 metres. No one will ever, ever do it. It's impossible, physically impossible. So she's come out, rewritten the history books, proven everyone wrong and was the star and the darling of the show a couple of days ago. Then all of a sudden it's come out that a junior member, a young member of the Russian Olympic Committee has come back with a positive testing for a beta blocker, which is a heart-resting drug, which is illegal to take in curling and also in shooting at the Summer Olympics because it puts your heart rate at such a low level, you don't get nervous, you don't get anxious, and you can perform sometimes to the best of your ability. Like, it's not going to work if you're trying to run a 400 metre, that's for sure. But we're trying to remain relaxed to do something that is exceptionally technical and not get your heart race up. It's working. Um, whether or not this is true, we're, we're trying to do a little bit of digging here and we can't comment too much on it in commentary, but it's a 15-year-old girl, Smitty, 15 years of age, mm. that apparently has come back with a positive testing. I heard from a, a friend of mine who's a commentator that she was back on the ice rink training and was all smiles. So whether or not we can get more information out of it, it will be interesting. But, you know, it's just uh, it's appalling to think that a child might be given a drug to rest her heart rate so that she can do better at the Olympics. And the reason we can't call them Russia and we call them the Russian Olympic Committee is because as a nation in the past, they've been in trouble before for doping and this is the price that they pay for it. So watch this space. It'll be interesting to see how it progresses. I'll be watching this space, all right. I'll be watching this space too uh, about Eileen Zhu, or, uh, or oh, Eileen wow. Zhu, as you say, yeah. Eileen Feng Zhu. Now, this is interesting because uh, she's won a gold already and she's got uh, further events to go. Uh, so she'll be in the headlines again. Um, she's certainly, uh, as a, a, a current model, she's been in a movie, um, but she split two nations really. And this is, uh, I think, quite an interesting story. It's a great story. And she split two nations and she split the commentary room as well, which is saturated with commentators from all over the globe. You've got a few commentators that are saying good on her. She's decided to go back to um, her family heritage. Her mum was born in China and her grandmother is part of a China province that has tried to saturate her with the Chinese customs. So at 18 years of age, Eileen Gould's decided to move towards that side of things and represent China rather than the United States of America. A couple of commentators that I work with, Smitty, are appalled by that decision, not because of the fact she's turned her back on the USA, but more because of the marketing opportunities that she has given herself by going Team China or the People's Republic of China. And as a result of that, through the movies, through the endorsements, through the modelling, she's had an opportunity more to make money than to spread the word. The one thing I can say about her is that I did attend the press conference after she won the gold medal, 
which was a tremendous effort. I mean, the aerials that she produced there were phenomenal and, uh, you know, fully deserving of that award. But she's an exceptionally smart and articulate young woman. She was addressed Mm -hmm. and asked several questions that had political value and she handled herself with aplomb. So she's a very mature young girl. And if it's her decision that she wants to represent the People's Republic at of China at these Olympics, be it for endorsement, be it for the fact that her mother's Chinese, or be it for the fact that's what she wants to do herself, the way that she's conducting herself is very, very maturely. And I wouldn't be surprised if she continued with that decision as time went by. She was even asked about Peng Shui, who was the tennis player that accused one of the Chinese ambassadors of um, sexual assault initially, but has apparently come out under guarded, stricted instructions and being watched watched by the National Olympic Committee, not to mention at all anything about that incident. Well, um, Eileen was asked about that and came out and said that she didn't want to get involved too much politically, but she feels very pleased to have the support of Peng Shui throughout her efforts as an athlete. So she's a very smart young woman and she's heading in the right direction. She's also an Olympic champion at 18 years of age and you can't take that away from her, but she has created division in terms of the decision that she's made. In the end, she's saying to those people, to you and to me, it's my decision and I'll say and do what I want, which is really, really interesting from a teenage prodigy. Well, uh, I mean, it's a win for China, uh, I've got to say, but it's also uh, the, the fact that they, they rolled out Peng Shui uh, alongside Thomas Bach, the Olympic president, <laughs> uh, just behind, as this girl's winning her gold medal, basically, there are uh, dual shots of those two people talking, smiling, everything. At the same time, it was like... How could you plan that, China? It was planned. That's how you plan it. It was planned. And every time you're here in in China and you're watching international news broadcasts and all of a sudden that maybe the CNN or BBC might do a story on Peng Shui, the television will shut down and you'll get the colour bars. So the Chinese government certainly don't want you talking about Peng Shui during this Olympic winter campaign. And um, I'm sure if they were monitoring this conversation with you and I right now, Smitty, then um, the phone would would be shut off as well because they don't want anyone talking about that. What they want is to make the Olympic Winter Games look like it's a, a very succinct, pretty conventional kind of place at the moment. I know that Peng Shui mm. did have an interview with a French journalist, a French reporter, um, and said that she's changed her mind on everything. But at that interview with three members of um, the Chinese government and also the Olympic Committee that were monitoring everything she was saying. So you won't hear too much more about the Peng Shui thing at the moment until the Olympic Winter Games concludes on the 20th of February, but you'll definitely hear more about it after that. As for Eileen Zhu and how she's been performing and her decision to represent the People's Republic of China, the sentimentality of that is awesome. The fact that it comes from family heritage is fabulous, but is certainly turning into a bit of a media circus in terms of representing China. Well, Lavina, it's always great talking to you, and uh, I look forward to hearing some of your riveting commentary in the days ahead. I can tell you, uh, actually, Bay of Plenty are making somewhat of a recovery. They're now 30 for yeah. two, so uh, that might there help you get through the day a little bit better. So bit 30 for two that. after 10. I, yeah, okay. Ass, mate. Love, coast lovely coast. to talk to you. Lovely to talk yeah, to you, Smitty. I miss to, you, mate. You're doing great. Yeah, I, I miss you too. Coast to coast tomorrow, so that's why we're thinking of you as well. 
I've got a mate in the coast to coast. I train with her at swimming, Kirsty. She's going to do excellent tomorrow. I've heard that they've had to change the course because it's been a bit dodgy, mm. bit of bad weather. Um, what a phenomenal event that is, hey? Talk about extreme athletes, those people that can take that on. I take my hat off to them. I hope it all goes well. And uh, we take a hat off to you for your fine work and, and talking to us again this morning. So uh, I look forward to uh, your, your good work and, uh, man, you're enjoying something special over there. Uh, a little bit jealous, I think it's fair to say. Thank you. <laughs> Cheers, buddy.